how are you now? Ho 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 ho. How are you now on this fine Friday evening, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon? I don't know when you listen to these things. I don't. But why are we here? Why am I recording a bottom six minutes? En plein milieu de septembre parce que les Canadiens are in Buffalo for the rookie tournament. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and the Habs lose. Six to three to the Buffalo Sabres. I'd be upset if this was a season game, I guess, but it's it's a rookie tournament game. You can't get upset about these things. The whole point is to take a look at some of the young talent uh, that's coming up in the ranks for the Montreal Canadiens and for the Buffalo Sabres, I guess, if you will. So what happened? Let's go through a quick recap, and then I'll talk about the players that I was interested in in that game and the ones that I wasn't so interested in. So early in the first period, very early in the first period, Xavier Simono playing a little bit of pitch and catch up high with Miguel Torigny. And, uh, you know, they're, they're pitching and catching it. And then Simono, he just spots himself an opportunity to take a shot. He's kind of peeling around the top of the circle. The god of mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two now streaming only on Disney Plus. And he's got a defender closing out on him. A couple more defenders out in front of the net, and he's got one of his own teammates in front of the net as well. He sees a good screen and just fires a precise wrister through traffic. It goes through, and it's one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Not long after that, though, Mats Lindgren comes in on the left side for the Sabres and rips one of his own past Jakob Dobish. Uh, not a problematic goal for Dobish, uh, one that I think he'd probably like to have back, but you can't really blame him for it. It was a nice shot, and it's 1-1. As the period went on, uh, the Habs were just pressuring. It was all Habs for most of that period. Uh, Jakob Dobish was absolutely flawless for the remainder of the first period after that goal. Uh, Xavier Simoneau was forechecking really hard. Owen Beck was forechecking really hard. Uh, Heinemann looked good. Joshua Hua looked good. But we go to the second period with the score tied 1-1. Now, second period, things start to get a little bit different. It's not all Habs anymore. The Sabres are starting to get some pressure. We're seeing some really good shifts from Matthew Savoie and uh, and one of my personal favorites from uh, this past draft that the Habs did not pick. Uh, of course, we're talking about Zach Benson. Now, about eight minutes in, the Habs start to ramp the pressure back up again. This time it's William Trudeau with an absolute cannon from the point. This came after some really good puck movement by the Habs in the offensive zone, and it was stopped. However, Miguel Torigny was down, putting on some pressure down low in front of the net, and he gets the rebound, puts it home pretty easily, and it's 2-1 to one for the Montreal Canadiens. David Reinbacker, fifth overall pick in this very last draft, had an assist on that play. He was the one that put it over to Trudeau and put it right in his wheelhouse for the one-timer. Uh, very nice play by the Habs there to get the lead. However, a little bit later... Uh, Xavier Simoneau sends Zach Benson flying into the Habs net, draws a crowd, Simoneau gets into a fight, and after that, it seemed to just change the momentum in the favor of the Buffalo Sabres. Botched icing call by the linesman, uh, gets a continuation of play for the Sabres, thrown up front to Isak, uh, whatever his last name is, I don't know, he puts it in, and it's 2-2. Two to two. 
Around five minutes to go in the period then. It's Matthew Savoy. Like I said, uh, he really leaned into the frame of this game. Might have been the best player on the ice overall. Uh, He jumps in the air like fucking Spider-Man and catches a lob pass that was thrown by Zach Benson, puts it down on the ice, and then manages to put it in past Dobish. Uh, Just an absolutely ridiculous play uh, by Matthew Savoy. And it's 3-2 for the Sabres. That's your score at the end of two periods. We go into the third, and the Habs, they need to start getting to work, and they do. It's the top line of Owen Beck, Joshua Roy, and Emil Heineman that are absolutely hemming the Sabres in from the very drop of the puck. Stanislav Demin gets a point shot for the Habs, and Joshua Roy is just muscling his way out front of the net, standing right in front of the keeper, and he gets a stick on it, gets a good tip, puts it through. It's 3-3. Three to three. We're all tied up. Right after that, though, it goes absolutely south for the Habs. As soon as that line leaves the ice, Buffalo goes down the ice and scores. Matthew Savoy would add another one later on and make it 5-3. to three. Then we had a whole uh, glass-breaking issue. <laughs> um, a pane of glass got broken up in the top corner, and I swear, I think that they just pulled nine fucking dudes out of the crowd, like nine drunk dads. They said, who knows how to fix glass? And nine dudes just went, yeah, I know how to do that. And then they went down there and it took them about 25 minutes. And it seemed like that break and play just tipped the ice even more in Buffalo's favor. Um, took these guys forever to get it done, whatever. I'm sure they're, they're great guys. They're, I'm not trying to make fun of them. What I, mean, I am trying to make fun of them a little bit, but uh, regardless, it was still all Buffalo once they restarted play after the glass got fixed. Um, Yuri Kulich got a final goal to make it 6-3 to three late in the game. Um, by the way, it was on a bullshit penalty call. Anybody who's listened to the bottom six minutes for a while knows I like to complain about the refs. So why don't I just complain about the refs for a quick minute here. Uh, Owen Beck got called for, I think they called hooking on it. But it was a perfect stick check. And the only thing that chaps my ass about it, because we're, we're talking about... A rookie tournament game. I'm not going to get too upset about the officials, but like nobody wants to see you ref in a rookie tournament. The whole point of the rookie tournament is for teams to get a look at their young players. And I get it. You want to make some penalty calls because, of course, we want to see how they can do on the power play and we want to see how they can do on the penalty kill as well. These are important pieces that we need to learn about when it comes to some of these young players. But why are you making a bullshit call like that, especially against a team that's already down 5-3 late in a game? I mean... Even in regular season NHL, that would be a weird penalty to call. It's an even weirder one when you're in a rookie tournament. But I digress. 6-3 to three is the final score in favor of the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, what did we learn? Really, we're, we're not here looking necessarily for wins and losses. We're looking to see what can we actually learn from watching some of these young players go. And as you know, or maybe you don't know, so for anybody who's new to the program, to the bottom six minutes in general, What I do is after every game, um, you know, I go through the little recap and then I also choose a player of the game or a silver lining of the night. Silver lining of the night, of course, being if they lose, which they've been doing a lot of in the last couple of years, the Montreal Canadiens. So a lot of the times I'm picking a silver lining. Who did we see that was good enough to make us kind of sort of forget, you know, the the misery of the score itself? Now, I'm going to give you a couple for this game and I'm going to start with one that's not going to be very surprising for anybody who's been a longtime listener of this program it's Joshua Roy he was excellent in this game he's a guy that I've been pumping his tires for the last couple of years I've watched almost every game that he's played in Sherbrooke and I'm a huge fan of this kid Um, he did everything that he usually does well in junior 
but he did this against the top prospects that the Buffalo Sabres have to offer, and they have a very good prospect pool as well. Um, we saw, again, Zach Benson, Matthew Savoie looking fantastic, Yuri Kulich looking very good as well. Um, they've got a lot of good prospects, and uh, Joshua Hoyle was fantastic out there. Uh, extremely good on the forecheck. His work along the boards is just magnificent. The way that he can protect the puck, the way that he can pin other players up there, he really uses his leg to pin and kind of get you stuck in there, and then his stick work is fantastic to just dig that puck out from there. Um, he just costs a lot of problems when he's down low in the zone with or without the puck and also on uh, opposing team breakouts so whenever Buffalo is trying to break out of the zone if Joshua Hawaii would get caught up near the blue line he would kind of just hang out there he waits he reads the play and then he jumps on passes and sometimes he just disrupts it so the pass doesn't go where it's supposed to go and just screws up the whole breakout but other times he'll intercept that pass and actually turn it into scoring opportunities for the Montreal Canadiens uh, of course he also had the goal which is big um I'm a massive fan of this kid, so this might be a bit of a homer pick on my part to pick him as one of the silver linings of the night, but I don't care. I think anybody else who watched that game is going to agree that he should be among those silver linings. He was excellent in that game. Can't wait to see more from him in this tournament and beyond. I think he's going to have a great year this year, whether he starts in Montreal or, as we expect, probably in Laval. Another silver lining for you is going to be his centerman in that very game, Owen Beck. Owen Beck was magnificent. That penalty at the end of the game was bullshit. That shouldn't have been called. So I'm I'm willing to wipe that one right off the board um, and talk more about what he did do, right? He had a back check at one point in the second period. Um, William Trudeau, I believe, pinched, uh, had a bit of an ill-advised pinch. And this was on a power play and the B- Buffalo jumped on it and they go down in a breakaway and Owen Beck comes flying up out of nowhere. Beautiful, perfectly timed stick check to disrupt the scoring chance and turn it into nothing. I, I I can't tell you how much a really good back check gets me going when I'm watching a hockey game. And, you know, I was sitting mostly quiet in my office until I saw that and I was like banging on my desk. I was, yes, this is the kind of stuff that I want to see from these rookies. It's like, show us, you know, what aspects of your game are very translatable to the next level. And really good back checking like that, something that's highly underrated in my opinion and something that Owen Beck does very well. And he was... He was good in all three zones, really. He was good in his own zone. He was good in the neutral zone. He seemed to help Joshua Roy a lot with transition. If anybody hasn't yet read my uh, my profile that I did on Joshua Roy for the top 25 under 25, the one thing that he struggles at, the one area of his game that really needs to be improved is his transitional play. He's very good in the offensive zone, very good in the defensive zone. Getting through the neutral zone can be a challenge for him. It was like a hot knife through butter for him against the Sabres, and I think a lot of that was due to Owen Beck. Owen Beck, he just his positioning is so on point. He knows where he needs to be, and he reads other players really well and then adjusts where he needs to be based on what he's reading. And it, it seemed to make Joshua Hua's life a lot easier because he always had an outlet that he could go to in Beck. And um, you know that line in general worked quite well. Emil Heineman was a little bit concerning, so I don't want to put him as one of the, the silver linings, but that line overall, you could call it a silver lining, I suppose. Um, I, I could even see those players playing together down the road at some point. Owen Beck is probably headed back to the OHL this season. Joshua Hua will probably be starting in Laval unless he really impresses at camp and makes himself undeniable for the Habs. But down the road, I, I could see that working, especially you know uh, the defensive abilities that Hua has and that Owen Beck clearly has I think that could be a really good shutdown line, especially if they can find a good, you know, sniper to put on the other wing for them. So, two silver linings for you there in terms of forwards. I'm going to give you another one, though. Xavier Simoneau, I thought he was absolutely fantastic in that game. Um, 
he he was 100% Simono. And if you've ever watched him play, you know what I mean by that. He's he's like Brennan Gallagher. If Brennan Gallagher took an entire tub of pre-workout before a game, he's he's much thicker than Gallagher. He weighs about 190 pounds, but he's about the same height. Um, so he looks similar out on the ice, and he plays like a he plays like a pit bull. He plays like somebody who's absolutely, you know, l- he craves contact, he craves uh, physicality, uh, he likes to get to dirty areas on the ice, and you don't expect it from him because he's like five foot six. Um, but he's incredibly strong, and when he gets to those dirty areas, when he gets into an opportunity to have a real puck battle with somebody, he's considerably stronger than you'd expect him to be. And uh, he showed a lot of that in that game. Of course, he had the goal as well, the opening goal, in fact, early in the first period. Um, so he showed off the fact that he's got a little bit better of a shot than most people expected. Um, I think he's going to be a guy to watch in Laval this season. I think he might be very high, if not at the very top of the call-up list for the Habs. Uh, I think he's a player that would work very well in a, in a Martin St. Louis system. And um, I, I, I would not be surprised if he plays some games for the Montreal Canadiens this season. Then we got to move to the point. We got to talk about some defensemen. We can't just talk about forwards, right? So I'm going to move to the point. And there were two defensemen that really impressed me in that game. And to varying degrees, they both had their, their areas of, of problems in that game. But uh, I would say overall, they both had good games and uh, I was impressed. Number one, David Reinbacker. Um, I thought he was very smooth out there. He makes very good decisions with the puck. There were a few occasions where he got caught flat-footed where I felt like he shouldn't have been flat-footed. There was one along the boards uh, where he was, to, to his credit, he was trying to pinch off uh, an oncoming forward. So he, you know, it was a smart move. I do like it when defensemen, you know, meet oncoming forwards at the blue line rather than letting them gain the line. Um, so it was it was good in that regard, but he also got caught flat-footed, and then it led to a two-on-one. Jakob Dobish made a really good save uh, to bail him out of that one. But overall, you know, outside of getting caught flat-footed a few times, he looked very good. He looked very poised, uh, makes smart decisions with the puck. He got an assist. Uh, I can't complain about his game. I think as, as he continues to develop, he's going to probably have at least one more season in uh, the Swiss League. And before before he comes over and actually starts playing in North America regularly, um, I think as he continues to develop these you know subtle qualities to his game, the the, the poise with the puck and everything is going to lead to him being a little bit more exciting offensively. You can see the potential, is what I'm trying to get at. So uh, liked his game, and then the other one was William Trudeau. I thought he looked fantastic. Um, again, he had a few moments. He had a bad pinch that I talked about earlier that Owen Beck had to bail him out on the back check. Um, he had. A couple of, of passes that were a little bit errant where he was trying to go for like home runs and they ended up in icings. Uh, but outside of that, he looked great. Uh, he looked faster than I've ever seen him look, whether that be in junior or even last year in the, in the AHL. He, he seems like he gained a step and that could be huge for him. He's another guy. I'll say the same thing that I said for Simonon. I would not be surprised if he ends up playing a few games in a Montreal Canadiens uniform next season. The blue line's pretty crowded, so it would probably take an injury in his case, um, although it would probably take an injury in Simonon's case as well, but I, I could see it, and I don't think that he would look out of place. I think he's, you know, the fact that he looks like he's gained a step, I think is enough to say that, you know, he could skate in the NHL, and, and we'll see if he gets that opportunity or not, but I liked him in that game. Look forward to seeing more from him. Who did I not like now? I gave you five silver linings there, really, um, and I've, I've probably already gone too long. We're already over 15 minutes, so this is going to be uh, a little bit of a long episode for a rookie tournament game, but 
whatever. I'm not doing anything. Who I didn't like. Um, Logan Mayu was a bit problematic for me in that game. I've been a big fan of his. I've watched a lot of his junior games. Um, but at 5-on-5, five five, it, it was really rough for him against the Sabres. He was getting beat wide quite often. Um, he was losing his man in the defensive zone a little bit more often than I would like. And he, he just looked disorganized at 5-on-5. Five five. Now, that being said, when he got power play shifts, he looked fantastic. He was making some great plays. He had some great pitch and catch moments with Riley Kidney at one point. He threw a pass cross seam over to Riley Kidney and gave him a beautiful one-timer opportunity that got stopped. Um, Look, on the power play, if if that was all he had to do, if that was all he had to do, he could go up, play for the Montreal Canadiens tomorrow, and all he had to do was every time they were on the power play, he'd jump out on the ice and go play a little bit. He's ready to go. You could use him. But that's not how hockey works. You got to be able to play five on five, and there were some rough moments out there for him at five on five. He's got some work to do. Maybe this is a little bit of jitters. Maybe this is a little bit of rust. So you don't want to read too much into it. But he's one guy that I'm absolutely going to have my eyes on in the next game to see. You know, what are you going to do better? That's what I want to see. Just a better overall game at five on five specifically. We know what you can do in the power play. Show us a little bit more at five on five. Another one, uh, and this was not necessarily problematic or that I didn't like it. Jakob Dobish, uh, I actually thought he was quite good, but he let in six goals. So it's hard to sit here and blame him, really. Some of those goals were completely unstoppable, like the Yuri Kulich one at the end of the game, for instance. There's no way you're stopping that. That was an absolute rocket with a cross-seam pass. He had lateral movement. There's there's no way he was going to stop that. Uh, the Matthew Savoie one where he jumps in the air like Spider-Man. You're not stopping that. You're not, Even the second Matthew Savoie goal, you're not stopping that one either. Um, so I, 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 I hesitate to, you know, lay any of those goals at the feet of Jakob Dobish. But it does concern me that in a rookie game, he's already letting in six. Um, that being said, he made some fantastic saves as well. So he was pretty close to being a silver lining for me in this game, despite the fact that he gave up six goals. Just the the, the volume concerns me a little bit. I think we'll probably see Quentin Miller tomorrow, and um, we'll see if they give Dobish another one at the rookie tournament or not. It seems like he's poised for the, the number one spot in Laval anyways this year, regardless of what happens. So we're, we're going to find out what he can and can't do. It's probably a little bit early for me to be judging him as a goaltender. So that's why I didn't want to necessarily put him in the silver linings. But I also, you know, I, I had to address it at the very least. That's all for me in this game. Um, I am going to try and do episodes for the remaining two games of the rookie tournament as well. But um, as any of you who live in Atlantic Canada already for sure know, and anybody outside of Atlantic Canada may have heard on the news, we have a hurricane barreling directly towards us that's supposed to make landfall sometime tomorrow night. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I, I'll probably be fine to record an episode after tomorrow's afternoon game. Um, I'm assuming my power is going to hold up at least until the hurricane makes landfall. But as for Sunday's game, I, I really don't know if I'm going to have anything up and, and running or not. Hopefully I will. Uh, but if I don't, maybe I can get one of my colleagues to cover for me in that game. Um, but look, you know, hurricane permitting, I'm going to have an episode up for the remaining two games and, uh, we're just going to try to evaluate some of these prospects. So I'm going to try to keep it positive, trying not to necessarily look at all the, the bad things that we could see. I mean, there was for sure some performances that were less than ideal, but again, we're, we're dealing with potentially some rust, uh, potentially a few jitters, 
right? And this is their first time wearing a Montreal Canadiens uniform for some of these guys. And uh, look, it's it's not the end of the world if somebody doesn't perform well. What we need to look at is where do they need to improve? And then we can measure that against future games and go, well, have they or have they not improved? If a player can show improvement just during the tournament, that's a pretty damn good sign. If you can see a guy that from one game to the next, he looks better, that's fantastic. That shows you what? It shows you that he's willing to look internally at the areas of his game that aren't working and address those issues into subsequent contests. And that means they're coachable. That means that they're going to, you know, they're going to listen to instruction. And hopefully it means they're going to have a chance at the NHL level. Anyways, what are we running? Over 20 minutes. So like I said, it was a pretty long one. C'est une soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. I guess we call that X now, don't we? Elon Musk. Thanks, man. Um, thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine.